Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Good Lion Podcast. I'm Aaron Salvato, and I am here in Costa Mesa, California, with my two good friends, uh, Kellen Criswell and George Scanlon. How's it going, guys? Good, man. Thanks for having us. Yeah, this is fun. Yeah. I'm stoked to be called a good friend. Yes, we we are such good friends. Special yeah. friends, even. Very special friends, George. Yeah. Um, uh, Kellen, has uh, he, he is now my uh, boss, which is very cool. Um, we've been friends for a while, and... And uh, I now work for uh, Calvary Global Network. Good Lion is actually a thing that now uh, is a part of Calvary Global Network, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So thanks for that, Kellen. Yeah, Appreciate that. Exciting, man. Yeah. You're the one with the genius vision. We're just glad you let us take credit for it. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> it's too man. sweet. And then, uh, George, why don't you break down a little bit what you do for CGN? We're now yeah. colleagues and co-workers. So, yes, uh, we are co-laborers yes. in this mission. Yeah. So um, I this is my first time to be in the podcast. Usually I'm recording the podcast. I always uh, wanted to be on the Bad Tiger podcast. Too. I have always yeah. wanted to be on the Bad yeah. Tiger podcast. Uh, this is it. <laughs> Can, can we can we start a new podcast with this podcast? I've always wanted to start a podcast. You can start I want a to make bad all tiger. the dreams come true right now. <laughs> I'll do Good Line. You do Bad Tiger, and Kellen can run the Mediocre Leopard podcast. <laughs> nice. What would the first episode of Mediocre Leopard be? Gosh, man, what's the most How mediocre you topic you can think Starbucks of? Starbucks coffee. Uh, the Mediocre Leopard. The first uh, topic of the first podcast would be pastoral insights from Kellen Criswell. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to get much more mediocre than that in the background music we'll just have a, a sad trombone playing the entire time that you're talking it'll just that makes sense it sounds uplifting yeah, it sounds like yeah. i'll feel way better about myself after yeah i listening. think that would really be the goal it'd be uh, the tagline would an be, indirect uh, approach to encouragement like the, i think the tagline would be uh, no one could be this bad you know? <laughs> the podcast that makes you ask why am i listening to this <laughs> okay but uh, george let's so, yes. so break down your role okay. CGN and what so, you do. So at CGN, I manage some content for the website. Uh, I, I look over the articles and things. I also write some of the articles. Mm. I've written movie reviews in the past. Yeah, you just um, did one on the Joker that was pretty yes, good. Yes, I did. Yeah, That's awesome. That was good. Um, if I'm, if I do say so myself here, I am complimenting myself on my first podcast. It was epic. <laughs> it was the most amazing response any Christian could have. Uh, so, okay. So, so I do some of that. I that think it's writing. actually the Christian response. Oh yeah. It, yeah. It's oh, definitive. Yeah. yeah. All <laughs> others pale. The thing I did absolutely changed people's <laughs> lives forever. <laughs> so I, I also do, uh, the video production for calvarychapel.com, which includes the live stream of the conferences, uh, the things that matter and living grace shows from Brian and Cheryl. Oh, great. Um, also, you know, just kind of, you know, I'm around. Awesome. I'm helpful. I'm kind. Awesome. Hearted. <laughs> Very cool. And Kellen is of course, uh, the, uh, director of CGN. He's our, uh, benevolent, father figure i don't know oh, this is getting more this awkward getting very weird yeah <laughs> more comfortable with uncle sorry sorry dad i mean kellen i mean oh man okay so yeah um, the wizard behind the curtain <laughs> well let, let's talk and about that's generous uh, <laughs> there is a gun to aaron's head right now <laughs> kellen is holding it uh yeah. well let, let's talk about the topic of this podcast which is of course i mean what else right now but kanye west yeah mm -hmm. so um, George and Kellen have both written articles and, uh, you know, Brian Higgins and I were talking the other day, um, you know, should we do a podcast about Kanye? And we thought maybe we should, but then I hung out with you guys and I was like, these guys have already really thought this through. They've both written articles, um, for calvarychapel.com. And, um, 
yeah, I thought it would be great to talk to you guys and um, just get your perspective. So, uh, George, why don't we start with you? Um, why don't you break down for us kind of the idea, the thesis behind your article and um, just give us the short version? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I when you say we've really thought this through, I've I've thought it through. I've been thinking it through, but I feel like on this subject in particular, you know, speaking directly about Kanye and then even just um, kind of the culture around it. I feel like you could write a book. I'm not saying that I could write a book, but one <laughs> could write a book about this. There's just so many implications, so many ripples at the edge of this pond. But um, my article was much more reactionary. And, and this is, I, I think what I was thinking of is if anybody were to come to me and tell me the things that Kanye was telling the world hmm. through his album, um, there would only be room for rejoicing. Yeah. You know, yes, there would be time to go through, you know, these, uh, these different steps that he needs to take. And even as a pastor at the front of a church, I would outline those steps in that very first conversation. But my very first reaction would be to rejoice with somebody hmm. that has declared Christ as King. Right. And so, you know, the, this, this album, Jesus is King. Uh, my first thought, honestly, you know, before knowing anything about this or what was going on was, okay, this is kind of a progression from, this whole uh, Jesus thing that he had done in the past <laughs> and, and knowing that he's kind of coming from a pseudo Christian background, you know, he had that song on the college dropout, Jesus walks. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's definitely about um, it's about Jesus, but it's not about Jesus in an iron ironic or mocking light. Right. Uh, he's really kind of setting Jesus up as an ideal right. and, you know, deciding that he's not up to that ideal and right. it, it's a good song. It's a catchy song. Right. But ultimately you can tell that he's got some background there. Right. And so when this album comes out, I've already heard some kind of rumors and things about him. Uh, but then actually listening to the lyrics, going through it, it was mind blowing for oh, me. Yeah. It really was. Amazing. I was actually at the moment, I was uh, I was sick over the weekend. And so I was sitting at home just feeling real bad. And uh, and then somebody texted me, hey, have you checked this out? And I I remembered, yeah, I forgot this album was coming out today. I haven't checked it out. So I listened to the lyrics and I was just so moved hmm. by what he said. Yeah. And so moved Same. by, in a sense, my own uh, preconceived ideas about Kanye and about uh, his conversion, hmm. you know, and it really started this idea of contrast with me. And then hmm. seeing some of the reactions from people, you know, especially with somebody of this caliber or, you know, at this kind of level of celebrity, there's always this, this very first push of suspicion. Hmm. And on the one hand, you know, we're talking in the periphery. Kanye's not in the room. We're not <laughs> talking like he's in the room. Right. But if we were, um, that was where I was coming from. If he were in the room, if he were talking to me, how would I want to respond? And yeah. how would I want my brothers and sisters? If I was counseling uh, leaders and pastors, how could we, how should we respond to someone that comes like this? And does that change because it's Kanye West? Hmm. So, um, yeah, I That's guess good. that was, that was my, it's good. Yeah. The, the vibe I got initially from listening to the album was very much the vibe of when I see somebody who just comes to the Lord and they're excited and they stand up at a service at a church and they're just giving their testimony. And when I was listening to his album, it very much felt like I was listening to someone giving their testimony, telling their story of how Jesus found them, how Jesus saved them, some of their struggles, some of their discouragements, but then their hope. And, uh, you know, just this ending of the album with that track, use this gospel where it's basically him saying, hey, I've preached the gospel to you this entire 
entire album now go and use it and yeah. i just thought it was phenomenal so mm-hmm. well it's it's one of those things where when i see this this moment of rejoicing it's almost like you know if you're if you're getting married and somebody asks you oh you know are you excited and you say yes i'm so excited and they say oh but but marriage is hard. Yeah. Like you should tone that down a little bit. Yeah. Or, and then, okay, you learn. Okay. So I shouldn't be overexcited. I know you're happy, so, but just you wait. Yeah. Well, well, so then, then somebody else comes up and like, are you, are you excited about getting married? And you're like, well, I know marriage is going to be hard. And they're like, boy, you're, you should be excited. You know, right. you're like, there's no winning. Mm-hmm. There's and, nothing wrong with like an innocent freshness. Yeah, and, exactly. And I think that's what a lot of us want to focus on right now is just, wow, how pure and sweet is this, this, this genuine gospel reaction. For me, the biggest thing out of all of this is just realizing the ability God has to change someone. That's just, that's what I'm marveling at. I know yeah. there's a million questions and angles people want to go with it. But for me, I'm like, I just want to step back and just go, wow, God changed somebody. Yeah. There is tangible, real evidence of it. It's not just lip service, like, yeah. you know, getting up after winning an award and saying, oh, yeah, I want to thank Jesus Christ. It's not that. Like, this is actual gospel expression. Somebody has yeah. gone from claiming to be the next Jesus to now saying, I'm nothing, and I just want to preach Jesus and make him yeah. known. And that's incredible Yeah, well, and, and Jesus even equates this, this decision-making with a response in heaven, and that heavenly response is rejoicing. It's yeah. the angels of God rejoicing. Right. And there, there is that moment. There has to be this moment. It's not like the angels think, oh, well, let's just see. Nobody understands spiritual warfare like not only the angels, but the Lord. Right. Yes, that spiritual warfare will come, and that maturity will be drawn from that. But mm. for now, let's rejoice that a brother came. Yeah. You know, let, let's rejoice that, a, that a, a soul was one, that a sinner repented. Yeah. And uh, yes, those next things, they must happen. Right. But our first response response can't be, well, hold on, slow down. (laughs) I see that you're so happy, but don't you realize, don't you know? And, you know, almost in a sense, I I feel like there's this, there's this circle of critics that kind of sit around and they watch and the Lord kind of sparks this fire out of nowhere, out of the, out of this guy, this, this kind of a a luminary of our culture, Hmm. but irregardless, he's a soul. And this spark is, is set you know, on these dry leaves and you start to see it flame. And and then you've got all of these critics that want to come around and say, oh, well, it's not really on fire, is it? Yeah. I mean, that's just a lot of smoke, isn't it? Like there's, there's not really anything happening instead of the immediate response of come around, come together. You know, let's, let's help shield some of the wind off of this fire and help it to grow. Let's feed kindling. Let's, let's, uh, you know, I mean, these, these ideas of discipleship and maturity, those are absolutely necessary, but those can't come from a position of initial skepticism. Right. Absolutely. That's good. Really, really good perspective. Um, Kellen, why don't you give us the uh, Reader's Digest version of your article? Yeah, I think George and I um, were inspired to write from similar places, even though our articles, both are on CalvaryChapel.com, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> yeah. No. yeah, mine was eight things I would say to Kanye if I could. Um, so we approach it from different angles, but I think again, the heart a lot is the same. And, but one of the things I'm thinking about here before I describe my article particularly is as you were talking with George's, I'm realizing even at a deeper level than I have over the past week that I can actually empathize with Kanye in a way that I hadn't realized yet. <laughs> mm. And, and where I'm coming from with that is although I wasn't a, uh, globally known household (laughs) hip hop name or anything like that. Mm. I was definitely a musician at the time that I met Jesus and became born again and Mm. began to follow him. And I, I have always loved music. I consider myself a musician today. Mm. That was my greatest passion. 
at that time of my life was how to use music as a vehicle for communicating what really were my worldviews at the time. And mm. back then it had nothing to do with Jesus unless it was opposing him. You know, I was mm. very, very, you know, like I think I was joking around with you guys the other day and I said, I was, I was so progressive. I'd make Barack Obama look like Donald Trump or something, you know, but I was <laughs> hyper into militant, uh, beyond liberal kinds of views of things. Right. And music to me was a vehicle to get that message out. But when I became a Christian, I knew that, like my whole worldview had suddenly changed. And one of the first thoughts and desires that I had and questions that I had really is how do I use music, which has been such a passion and a vehicle for all of these other things in my life to be a vehicle now mm. for communicating my new chief passion, which mm. is Jesus and mm. his hope for the world. And I remember early. Uh, so, you know, my next, I was like, all right, I'm going to keep doing hardcore music. I'm going to keep writing punk songs and stuff. But now it's a real revolution. Yeah. Now I understand the true revolution that needs to happen. And I wanted to, to say, to preach that message through that music. And I remember as I started to get involved with church, you know, I went on the same journey. I'm assuming he's going on like, okay, I guess like Christians like do the church thing. So I should start figuring <laughs> right. this out, you know? And I started to come around and I remember telling, um, mature Christians, I thought at the time, this heart, hmm. I, you know, what I'm thinking through is how do I like use all this passion for this kind of music to connect with people who are from worlds like me, hmm. but connect them with the, the great message, the true message. And honestly, I remember discouragement even at that time. A lot of the response I would get is, well, you know, that's kind of using the world's methods to reach the world, don't mm. you think? Mm. And I don't even know what well, the world meant back then. You know, oh, I was yeah. just like, what is that? You know, all I knew is I was being discouraged from it. And uh, and, you know, so that kind of skeptical, suspicious, uh, you're misguided kind of thing. But I'm just kind of, again, just reflecting on Kanye right now. That's really what I see him doing. It's just his platform was so much bigger than mine. Yeah. He's got this new thing yeah. with Jesus. And he's like, well, I'm, I am who I am. I am who I've been in some ways, but I want to use who I've been yeah. to communicate this deeper truth that I feel I've now realized. Mm. And 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 so back to the reaction thing, and this will connect to my article. Mm. My journey with this uh, situation was hearing that Kanye was talking like he had had a conversion experience to faith in the biblical Jesus, as we would think about that. Hmm. And I didn't really pay too much attention to it at first. I was just like, okay, yeah, Kanye, you know, <laughs> Kanye doing Kanye. And, uh, but then as it continued to be a buzz, and then I heard this new album was going to be coming out, and it's Jesus is King and all this, I thought, well, I'm going to go, I want to go and hear from him how he's describing what's happened in his life. Mm. So I just went on a little bit of a research project, looked up some interviews with him, looked mm -hmm. up some articles and things. And what I saw was a couple things. I saw... Uh, what in my interpretation is a guy who's saying the things that it sounds like people should be saying according to the New Testament yeah. when they've had a true conversion, yes. born again encounter with the living Jesus. Right. And I thought, well, I ain't going to take that away from him, you yeah. know? <laughs> yes. And then uh, the other, another thing I felt like I saw, though, was again, back to my uh, empathy toward him is a new Christian in this moment who's seems genuine, but he's still saying some things that I'm like, yeah, you know, that's, that's going to be part of a process. You know, you might be yeah. embarrassed about some of this later, right. but it's pretty but, normal for new converts. Yeah, but you're new and you're going to grow. And I've been a Christian for decades now and I'm still saying stupid <laughs> stuff, you know, I've heard so some it is of what things. it is, you know, yeah, delete that anyway. Uh, but then m most concerning to me, 
I think, George, to your point, is has been the response of so many Christians. You know, he's such a public figure. We can't help but ha- express our opinion about yeah. it. And uh, and so much of the response was, again, what I could relate to the discouragement, suspicion, mm. yeah. what's going on. And so. My article, Eight Things I Would Say to Kanye, um, I've got a couple motives in it. And one is like, you know, I'm assuming he will never read that. But I wrote it as if it was to him. Right. It'd be cool if it got to him. I don't expect that. But my reason for doing that is I, I, want, I wrote it from the standpoint of thinking, what would I want to say to this guy? Yeah. Not knowing... I mean, does he have any voices in, of encouragement yeah, in his yeah. life? And and what would I want to say to him? But it's really the stuff I would want to say to any new Christian yeah, at that it. stage and of I think their that's life. That's the audience <clears throat> and the people reading it is seeing your heart and perspective that way. And also the audience is people who maybe have a more judgmental bent and inclination yeah. um, to maybe have their hearts softened yeah, by and that that's, perspective. Yeah, and that's really... <laughs> Honestly, as far as a target, like I said, it's written like it's to Kanye, but really the indirect target for me is the people who are responding with suspicion. And I recognize it's almost impossible in this day and age to suggest that people should be a certain way without getting labeled a virtue signaler and stuff like that. But I have convictions about how we should engage new Christians. And that's really what I was hoping to present to the wider Christian world is to say, what about this kind of response right, that right. acknowledges he has a long way to go? Yeah. But, and I won't go on and on, but just, I think part of the problem that I'm seeing for me is I think a lot of us are confused about our role in the conversion process, right. meaning that I see it as our role is to preach the gospel. And when people respond with positively, just like in the book of Acts, they're like, oh, cool, get baptized now. Come yeah. and be a part of this yeah. now. Let's affirm you toward Jesus now. That's our job. Wait, yeah. You, mean, that, you mean we're not supposed to vet them and judge every action they do <laughs> yeah. under a microscope it, until no, we can yeah, confirm exactly. that's that's the Lord, that's really that's the Lord's role. You know, <laughs> yeah. And people want to bring up all this, well, you know, we'll know them by our, our fruit and all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, most of those fruit inspector passages are intended for us to inspect ourselves right. and how we're doing and potentially false teachers. Right. They're not given as the barometer or the measuring stick by which we say, hey, you've been a Christian for two days. Right. How's your fruit going? Totally. You know? totally. I, would, I would even say if we are just using a strict fruit judging paradigm, preaching the gospel to millions of people through recent interviews not a and start. not a bad piece no, of fruit right no. there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I even think how many times did Jesus, did, did people get healed and then automatically turn around and go and say, Hey, come and listen about a story about a man who told me all the things I ever did. Right. Uh, come, you know, even yeah. when Jesus said, Hey, don't, don't be go publishing the message right now. Cause it's, I got a time frame I'm working with here. I got a plan, you know, but they just couldn't help it. So they went and did it. Right. I mean, that's what I see going on. Yeah. In and, but that's, that's such a huge point in recognizing, like you said, recognizing roles, but there is such a great comfort to me, even as people are like, Oh man, I, cause I've seen the response. I hope that he gets into healthy teaching. I hope he doesn't get sucked into bad <laughs> doctrine, bad teaching and this and that. And, and I absolutely identify with that because I would see every Christian. Yeah. That's healthy. our hope for any new convert. But I do recognize recognize that the work of the spirit 
you know, according to his words and according to God's word has begun. And that comforts me greatly. Yeah. You know, as much uh, opposition as he's going to find, as many uh, buckets of cold water are getting dumped on him from, you know, possibly well-intending Christians, but possibly Pharisaic and judgmental Christians. As many of those come to oppose him, I know the one who's behind him yeah. and is pressing him forward. The spirit of God, if he is at work in his life, uh, he's begun a good work that the Bible promises he will be faithful to complete it. Yeah. And so, yeah, the road is going to be tough. Unfortunately, maybe for him, the first bumps and speed bumps and major shifts that we can see, at least from his public persona, uh, are the church, are, mm-hmm. are well-intending or not so well-intending members of the mm-hmm. church. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we know opposition comes and it won't stop. Uh, This is the Christian life, and part of that is learning how to be a family with family members that can be very, very difficult. Right. And I liked that, Kellen, about you, uh, just this need for him to to express that uh, or to understand patience and Mm. patience with his family, Mm. patience with his new family, his new friends, because while he's not perfect, he's immature and he's working through it. I know that I'm not. I'm yeah. immature and I'm working yeah. through it. I mean, Same. every single one of yeah, us. Yeah, this isn't is an anti the church message yeah, at all. Yeah, exactly. You know? And it's, so it should be like a, a humble acknowledgement like, yeah. Welcome to the house of hypocrites. Yes. Jesus is the only one Welcome who's not a the, hypocrite. Yeah. A band you know? of bleeding brothers. All of yeah. us are wounded. All of us are broken. Right. All of us yeah. have been saved from rotten lives and rotten perspectives. So. Right. And that's why Jesus says, you know, I didn't come here for the healthy. I came here for the sick. Exactly. Christianity is a hospital and yeah. it's all about just pointing people to the doctor continually. And uh, I, I want to ask, um, I want to talk about this kind of backlash and skepticism for a moment and get your guys perspective. So I'll set this up with a story from last night. Um, I got on Facebook. I'm a part of a massive multi-denominational youth pastor group on Facebook where just mm-hmm. different youth pastors get together and talk. Um, the youth pastor scene is absolutely blowing up about this right now with <laughs> half of the youth pastors loving it. And then half of the youth pastor hate. Or, uh, no, we could wear Yeezy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Half of them hating it. So one guy last night uh, was on there and he basically just was like, guys, just shut up about Kanye. Um, this doesn't glorify Jesus. It glorifies flies uh, Kanye. It's a PR stunt basically is what he's saying. You know, he's just doing it to get more money, more attention. Mm-hmm. So yeah. what would you say? I mean, that is the extreme example, I think, but I think we see various types of this kind of response. Yeah. So what would you guys say to people who are kind of taking this perspective of like, ah, this guy, he's just yeah. looking for attention like always, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, again, we're so weird, you know, it's kind of like how we pray for miracles. And then when someone says one happened, you're like, nah, I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way. God can't do that. But, you know, and again, I want to make sure that I'm careful with the way I'm coming across in this. Cause I don't want to sound like, yeah, all those other Christians are just a bunch of idiots, you know? <laughs> uh, so forgive me if that's the case. I mean, I, I'm the worst person in every room. I'm in, we all got stuff we're working out and this is part of, I hope this is like a family discussion where you can get annoyed with each other, but go toward Jesus in the process, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, for me, the idea that this is a publicity stunt so that he can get money, <laughs> I, you might tell, I can't help say that without cracking a smile, but I think it's because Kanye, needs our money. Yeah, was that, that, yeah. That's he my was reaction hurting. to that. It's like, wait a minute, Christian you guys, dollar. like this dude is stacked. He's got piles of cash laying around in his bathtub. Well, like, you, you know, he, it was just for a Chick-fil-A endorsement. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> that was the reason. Like he has no, 
as if the Christian market would be like this hugely lucrative thing for him <laughs> in such a way. Anyway, a lot of us were already closet listening to him anyway, you know, <laughs> but I just, uh, that to me, it's like, he has no financial motive yeah. to, to go incognito for the next 10 years of his life, masquerading as a follower of Jesus <laughs> and apparently doing a good job. I mean, he's quoting Bible verses. He's talking about uh, some theological things in there that are stuff that you got to be like sitting in a class or something, yeah. you know? So I just, to me, I feel like if people really think that through, that's, that's a, that's not a legitimate, uh, criticism to make. Um, yeah. And I forgot what I was going to say after that. So it was going to be, it was going to be powerful. Yeah, yeah. it was. Mm. But even, even kind of riffing on that. Oh, but, here, oh, go here we no, go. Yeah. So the, I guess if part of that question is like, what I'm hearing from some of those people is like, Oh, why are we even talking about this? Yeah. You know, and some of it is he just wants money, but there's a more general thing of like, why, why even discuss this? Mm. And the reason I want to discuss it, the reason I wrote about it, I think George, you wrote about it, why we're doing a podcast is to me, it's, it's even deeper. It's not even just specifically about Kanye. Mm. It's not, it's not specifically about dissecting the what's real and what's not. To me, this moment is a barometer that reveals so much more about broader theological sickness mm. and debate mm. and divide amongst evangelical Christians in the West. Mm. You know, he, he's more like an object lesson in a lot of ways for me. Right. And I don't mean that to dehumanize him. I mean, it is about him. Like yeah. God, he's a, a unique individual made by God mm. in his image. Jesus thought of him specifically when he was dying on that cross, intending to do this in this man's life. So, I, I mean, it's all about that in one way. It is, it right. is leaving the 99 for the one. Right. But on the other hand, our reaction, the reactions of the 99 to what God seems to be doing in the one reveals a whole lot more under the surface yeah. about things we need to talk through. And I think it has everything to do with, with the things we are talking about. Yeah. What is our place hmm. in the conversion experience of other people? Right. What is our posture toward them? And what do we let God be God in? So yeah. that's my thoughts. I, I think that, um, to be honest, I understand a little bit skepticism as a knee jerk reaction sure. for me personally. Um, you know, one area, a lot of times I find myself being, I'm a very positive person. I'm very optimistic, but there's one area in life. I find myself being cynical and that's politics. And I think that sometimes my knee or my knee jerk reaction is when I hear a politician claiming to be Christian, you know, my thing, my thing is like, ah, oh, you know, they're just trying to get the Christian vote, you know? Yeah. I feel it. yeah and I'm, I'm trying to, you know, <clears throat> I have the yeah, right impulse for right. sure. Yeah. And, and cause yeah. politicians, whether Democrat or Republican have been saying this for years. So that's kind of my initial reaction. And then I'm trying to judge them by their fruit, um, in that way. But I feel like with Kanye, you know, maybe that was my initial reaction when I heard, but then when I s listened to his album and I listened to the lyrics in it and I listened to his interviews, I'm like, the place this guy is in is so much beyond the generic like, yeah, I said a prayer and now Jesus lives in my heart. For me as a youth pastor, for years, what I was trying to do was to get my students to a place from just that cultural Christianity of like, oh, yeah, I prayed and now I go to church and I, I am a Christian to actually professing Jesus is Lord. Jesus is king. Um, we had a saying in my youth group, which is if Jesus is king, that changes everything. And so to put out an album that is Jesus is king and it's not just the title, but throughout the entire lyrics, the message is he is my Lord. He yeah. is my master. 
pastor. He is my savior. I'm nothing without him. And now my entire life is about pointing people to him. I'm like, this guy is the poster child for what we want converts to be. Like we don't want them to be like, I said a prayer. Now Jesus lives in my heart. We want them to be declaring Jesus is Lord. Caesar is not. I don't live for power, money, sex, fame anymore. I live for Christ. So yeah, can I throw something in here? I think that might help think through some of that that's been impacting me this week. And this is, I mentioned this in the article. Um, one of the first points I say that I would want to make to Kanye is that he's in good company, Hmm. uh, as somebody who's a new follower of God, who's, um, encountering resistance and skepticism from the community of God's people. Right. Hmm. And the reason I say he's in good company is for one, that's exactly what Paul, the apostle went through. So you think about Paul's conversion story. Uh, he's a, he's a little more notorious even than Kanye West, you know, (laughs) in, in terms of contrast, he was actually jailing, killing Christians, killing people for just being followers of Jesus. So this guy comes to Christ as the book of Acts tells it, and it's a genuine conversion experience. Mm. And there's, I think there's three vantage. There's a few vantage points to look at this from there's Paul and his situation. There's Ananias Mm. who God calls to go and receive uh, Paul and, Mm. and tells him like, look, this is a, Ananias is skeptical. So I guess partly to your point is, is hesitance understandable? Yeah. It's even precedented right. and anticipated in the scripture that when people like this come to Christ, there can be that reaction. Right. But I think what's for us is to figure out who we want to be in the story. Right. Because there's Ananias. He's hesitant. But God's like, this is my dude. I'm doing this. Right. There's the church. They're like, hey, isn't this the guy that was wreaking havoc all over the place? And, and they're fearful. Right. And so they don't want to affirm. So you have the church being fearful Ananias being hesitant, even hearing directly from God. Right. And then you have God in the story saying, yes, but this is my man. Yeah. Right. So my question is like, what vantage point do I want to take? Who do I want to relate to? Who do I want to align with in a story like that? And I'm saying, I think the obvious, <laughs> the Sunday school answer is Jesus, right? Right. It was, a, and, and that's, that's kind of, I think the biblical portrait of the moment we're in here. Mm. And look, Maybe he turns out to be a wolf. I wouldn't, I still wouldn't lose an ounce of sleep over contending about what our response should be in this moment. It should be affirming this man who's affirming the real gospel saying, I want all of my life to be about this Jesus. And I want to go in this direction. Will you help me? How could we do anything else? And that's, you know, even what you're talking about with the the fear within the church. I mean, the church was afraid of, of uh, Saul because he was rounding them up. He was putting them in prison. And I think there's a very, very different cultural perspective here with our, with with, uh, Christianity here in the West. We're not a persecuted church. Yes. The church is persecuted in the world, but certainly not here. Right. Um, mm-hmm. we, we speak from a vantage point of relative comfort, of relative safety. We have the ability to voice our, our, our uh, perspectives on Facebook with a platform that's kind of unprecedented in the, right. in, in the history of humanity. And yet the fear that's being, uh, that's being touted here is that everybody's so afraid that it's disingenuous. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I have to ask, what do we have to lose to, according to 1 Corinthians, hope all things, believe all things, you know, and maybe be prepared to endure all things. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what the next move is, but what do we have to lose? Yeah, some of it's going to be ugly, just like your life. What what are we afraid? Are we afraid of the I told you so's? You know, because that's a comment that I've seen a couple times, and I addressed that in my article too, is uh, this phrase, time will tell. 
you know, and what a brutal judgmental thing to say as if I at the pastor at the front of the church am receiving people and say, well, I see your, your, uh, your heart, but uh, you know, time will tell. Yeah. And it should be said too, that nobody here is making the argument that we should make Kanye the pastor of a church. Yeah. Nobody's, nobody's, nobody's saying, yeah. And I understand he's doing these pop-up things and I see that more as an opportunity where he's sharing his new faith and he's using his platform to do that. I don't mind that, but we can all admit, yeah, he's in what I'm arguing for is treat him like a new Christian, that's it. Yeah, not make that's him it. your pastor. Right. And, and maybe that's a helpful distinction for people. Like, yeah, yeah right. I don't want him to write a theology textbook tomorrow, right. but I do want to say, Hey dude, by all accounts, welcome to the family. How can we encourage you and keep pointing you toward Jesus? And, and if right. he's able with, I mean, the unique thing about him too is his platform and his influence. You know, if he's able now to, to use that platform, an international platform that, that has rallied around him, around his talent and his lyrics and all of these things, right. if he's able in any way to influence them towards the supremacy of Christ, then that is like, that's something that should be encouraged. And yeah, like you said, his, his theology is going to be immature. Why wouldn't it be? Right. You know, his, his perspectives are, are going to be immature. Yeah. But like you said, nobody's trying to make him a pastor. And if there is somebody uh, trying to do that, they're wrong. But, right. uh, but for him to continue mm-hmm. on his platform and preach Christ instead of preach what he was preaching, dude, that's a win. Yeah, we I, all I, win I, I on think, that. I think, too, like I, my suspicion for some who feel that fear and hesitance with affirmation too is maybe some of them at least um, are people that maybe grew up Christian, grew up Mm. in a Christian home Mm. and maybe they've they didn't have to in the same way go through the unwinding process of having lived most of your life, not as a follower of Jesus and then have to ask the whole life implications for what this means now. Now I can remember very distinctly again, back to my own conversion experience, living in Portland, trying to get the nerve to bomb capitalism off the face of the planet (laughs) and kill people to save animals. You know, that's where Jesus found me. So I get saved and the next week, me and my brother go for a walk in the cemetery where we often walked. And Creepy. and I remember looking at him and, and, kids, and, and my brother saying, so dude, like, what does this mean for veganism? Because my brother and I got saved the same week. Kind wow. of crazily. Amazing. And uh, he's like, what does this mean for veganism, man? <laughs> what does this mean for animal rights and, and all this stuff? And, and I was just like, man, I don't know. Like we got to, we had to ask all the questions that we were so sure about. You know, and go go into places like Romans one and reading how uh, in our rejection of God, we became fools and we worship the creature rather than the creator who's blessed forever. Amen. And going, dang, that was me. And now I got to have a whole, like, I can't kill people to save animals. People are uniquely made in the image of God. And, and uh, even a sparrow doesn't fall to the ground without God's notice, but how much of more value are you Mm -hmm. than they? Mm -hmm. And it was rocking my world, you know, like, wow, humans are more valuable than animals in God's heart, though they're not in that. But you know what I'm trying to say? So he's, he's at this moment, you know, assuming, and I think that all of this is real. He's got, what is he? 30, 35. I don't know how old he is somewhere in there, but he's however old he is. That's how old he is. And a whole different way of life. And he's what a year old in the Lord. Right. And there's so much deprogramming. It's going to be the rest of his life. Yeah. And he needs the space of grace to walk through that process. And the, The reality is that we are brothers and sisters with him in this. And for me, like the litmus test of whether somebody to me 
is a part of my Christian family is do they profess Jesus? Like, is Jesus Lord to them? Like, that's that's it. Like, that's it's Romans 10. Yeah. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. And so for me, I feel like, you know, you've got this guy radically saved, massive platform, preaching the gospel. You know, he's on the street corner of society, literally telling people, try Jesus. It works for me. I think this is going to have you know massive reach, massive impact to people. But what, what I would say is that let's say, well, OK, what I'm trying to say is we should not all of a sudden make him the pastor of culture where we put all of this expectation of perfectionism totally. on him. Right. Because let's say a year from now, there's an article that comes out where it's, you know, Kanye West found drunk with prostitutes in LA or something. At that point, do we go, Oh, I told you so. I Look, it's it. not real. Yeah. It's not genuine. Isn't that horrible? Yeah. I don't have a camera on me all times telling people about all of my failures and my lowest moments. Right. And for me, like being a Christian means like it doesn't mean this perpetual journey of perfection. It's being a Christian is I'm walking with Christ and I often fall. And in those moments, like I need to take his hand, get back up and keep walking with him. So for us as the church, like if we put him on such a pedestal where all of a sudden we're looking to him to be our, our man in culture on the inside uh, and we don't give him room to be a human as well, it's going to be a rough thing. There's a, there's a part of this though, too, where not to push back exactly on what you're saying, no, but, please do. but th- there's a, there's a testimony here that's powerful. Yeah. And, and that's, that's part of this, you know, when people are like, why are we even talking about him? Why are we, you know, raising him up or lifting him up? He was already kind of there. He was already very much vocal in public and everything, but so many people have gone with him on this journey, even mm. as he went into this whole, uh, being very, very open and transparent about his bipolar mm. uh, disorder. Yeah. Um, wow. a lot of people identify with that. A mm. lot of people identify with his background, where he comes from, and maybe not being the thug of thugs or whatever, but they identify with, with parts of that. And as they're moving through this journey, this is a powerful, powerful part of his journey. And that tale needs to be told. Yeah. You know, in Revelation 12, we, we understand that Satan is overcome not only by the blood of the lamb, but by the word of the testimony of the saints. Yeah. You know, the way that Jesus saved us is a powerful testimony. Mm. And so, you know, on, on part, you want to say, yeah, let's let him mature. But on the other, uh, this is a story that should be told just like all the other testimonies should be told. I want to extol everybody's testimony of how Jesus found them and got to them and brought them through. And that's messy, you know, because I'll see those new believers like we're talking about. They'll mess up. uh, And we as the church need to be there even in those moments with a with a wet mop on aisle three, so to speak. Yeah. But uh, but, you know. There is a part of this that, that needs to be celebrated. There's a part of this that needs to be told. Yeah. But yeah, either way, the church's role in this is to support. Yeah. It's Amen. to come around. It's to lift up. So absolutely. Yeah. Maybe um, if I could just share one yeah. last thought and I'm going to shut up for the rest of the podcast <laughs> here, but yeah, we'll wrap up after this. Yeah. That's, I think this will be a good uh, closing word, but I just was just remembered uh, this couple of verses in Galatians one where Paul's writing the, to the Galatians. And part of what he does is he kind of tells uh, some more of the story of his conversion as far as people's reactions go. And, um, you know, again, he had, he's converted to Jesus. Ananias is suspicious. The church is suspicious, but Jesus is for it. Right. Yeah. And you think that's one set of reactions was fear and hesitance and suspicion. But in Galatians, he, he presents another side hmm. and he's talking about how after he was converted, he says in verse 21 of Galatians one, I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia And I was still unknown in person to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only were hearing it said, 
He who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once <laughs> tried to destroy. Mm. And they glorified God because of me. Wow. That makes me emotional, man. Boom. And I'm yeah. just thinking, Lord, let that be our reaction. Yeah. We're, glo- we're not, I don't want to be in the fearful, hesitant. Like we don't have to fear. God knows what's going on with him. Right. For us, let's just glorify God yeah. because of this radical change. And this man who's marked out, for this time for a specific mission, he's going to be messy. He's going to be messed up. How much more important that we have his back and prayer and encouragement in any way that we can. Yeah. And and if, if I could, you know, just respond to that guy I was talking to on Facebook last night who said, you know, this doesn't glorify Jesus. It glorifies Kanye. I think the only people who are thinking that way are people who aren't looking at this with the right eyes. Because if you're looking at this through the lens of the gospel, the only person that's being glorified is Jesus. It's obvious in the music, especially yeah. on his new album. This is the most Kanye free album <laughs> yeah. that Kanye has released. It's yeah. interesting, even from a production standpoint, but it's obvious that Jesus is king. Yes. And yeah. that is the that's the message of this album. Yeah. And the, I would end with this. I was on YouTube last night um, looking at a, a video of, um, you know, an interview with Kanye talking about all this. And there was a guy in the comment who basically said, um, Kanye is probably the only person that could convince me to listen to an album about Jesus. Wow. <laughs> and that's, a, you know, unsaved secular wow. guy. And to me, I'm like, that's what it's all about. Like, Jesus is glorified. Jesus is king. He's going to reach people that I could never dream of reaching of. And that's a win for the gospel. That's a win for the church. And I think we should just get behind it, be supportive, be older brothers and sisters in Christ who love on the guy and wish the best. So. Amen. Yeah. Well, thanks for the conversation, guys. I appreciate it. And uh, let's definitely do this again. Yeah, this was fun. This was fun. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks a lot. All right. So I was just at Costa Mesa with George and Kellen, but an episode of the Good Line podcast is not complete without hearing from the legendary Brian Higgins. And I am actually in his house. He is. I drove here with here. Kellen. And now in I'm with you. In my house at this moment. We are here. It's so good to see your face. For everybody else, this feels totally normal that yeah. you and I are talking to each right. other. The right. big lie of this podcast is we don't live in the same place. We just both use really good mics and we make it seem like we're in the same room. But really, I'm in Oklahoma. He's in California. He's up early in the morning. I am up at up nine. late at night. Yeah, late at night. Because that's how the time difference works. Yeah, it's I'm like three days ahead. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway. So happy Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Brian, uh, give us your hot take on the whole Kanye thing, because uh, this is the ending to the episode. It's going to be short. It's going to be quick. And it's going to be Higgins. Here is my... <laughs> Maybe it's good that we can't see each other when we do this, because that point... There was a two-hand point that Aaron just did. I'm just doing finger guns the entire time. He is the whole time that I'm going to give this answer. My thought on the whole Kanye West situation, um, I don't think we should care as much as we do. Mm. That's kind of my big thing in general. Just episode (laughs) over. That's it. Um, (laughs) Just undermine the entire last hour of content. (laughs) So... Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I would say this. I, yeah. I have a couple things I think that I would say about the whole Kanye situation. I think, first of all, placing hope in 
if Kanye can get saved, then Jesus works Mm. is a really narrow view of who God is. Yeah. Good point. So that I think is one thing that, um, as we discuss it, it can't be like, well, Kanye says it's cool. Therefore it's working. I, I, thought that Jesus was a valid savior before Kanye right. was was interested in making music about him. My pushback would be, and I just said this at the end of the last segment, mm-hmm. um, I was on YouTube and there was a guy on there who, it was just, you know, total non-Christian secular commenter, but he just said, uh, yeah, Kanye is probably the only person that could convince me to listen to an album about Jesus. And so I think it goes both ways. I think that we shouldn't, uh, you know, make this the biggest story and really the way the news works we're going to stop talking about this a week from now and talk but about it feels like else. it's the biggest thing in the world yeah it is right the biggest now. thing in the world for christians right this second mm-hmm. but at the end of the day um yeah jesus can save regardless of kanye i'm just i'm happy that he did because for me uh i didn't talk about this with the other guys but um i think that uh i do not pray for celebrities and i probably should but I don't because to me, they don't even seem like humans. Like the thought of them coming to Jesus almost seems impossible. Um, and I, I think that's what you're getting at. It's like, we shouldn't have that weak of a view of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of showing in me a blind spot, the, the realization that, yeah, of course Jesus can save Kanye. He could save anybody, you know? Yeah. And it's cool to get to see it actually happen. It's, it's one thing to believe it theoretically. It's another thing to watch it happen practically. Right. So it is really cool to see this kind of turnaround. Um, I think kind of responding very quickly to the two different sides of it. There are some people that are swallowing this transformation hook, line and sinker. And to even have doubts about it for a moment (laughs) is to undermine the fact that God can save to doubt the power of the gospel, which to doubt Kanye is to doubt Christ. (laughs) Exactly. Which would, which I would simply say, lovingly, delicately, not knowing Kanye as an individual and not understanding all the different things that have gone into all the life choices that he's made. Right. Let me simply lovingly suggest that it was only a year ago that his public persona was making people wonder about his mental state. Yeah. Which is a real like. Right. Regardless of of what may come next, that should be reason enough. Like you're saying, praying for celebrities, right? That to me is reason enough to express concern, to pray for him, to hope that yeah, nothing but the best comes in his future. Right. Looking then to the other side of people who are responding to the Kanye situation, um, many are looking at this saying, "Well, he only put together this one album about God. Right. Like he only spent months <laughs> of his life putting together this work where he praises Jesus." Like. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they need to see more yeah. fruit come out of his life, I suppose. I'm not going to believe it's real until he's recorded as many Christian albums as Michael W. Smith. Exactly. Like, just the way that we, to those people, I would say the way that we judge Christian musicians is unlike the way we judge any other person in life, even yeah. other famous Christian people. No, that's. Uh, okay, think about this too. I was just talking the other day about this to a friend, but uh, I feel like with music, it's almost like we have this whole different category. Um, like when I was growing up, my parents were totally fine. My super conservative 90s Christian parents were so fine letting me watch Robin Williams as the genie in Aladdin, even though he had filthy comedy albums. Mm-hmm. But for some reason with music, it's like, <laughs> you know, um, a, a guy could put out a cover of happy birthday, but you wouldn't be allowed to listen to it if he also had songs that were dirty and 
Exactly. Yeah, so. And we think that if somebody puts out a song that expresses a different view of ethics or morality or spirituality right. or anything, that that must be their view for all time forever right. because no one has ever written a song that they regretted years later. I see the album uh, Jesus is King. Did you listen to it? I did. Yeah, I've, I've listened to it three times now. I don't like rap. I'm probably the whitest guy you know. You are. Uh, I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't like rap at all. And I'm looking at you now so yeah, I can... You can see the whiteness. I can verify that you yeah. are the whitest person I know. Oh, he's so white. But yeah, I don't listen to rap. I, I never really liked Kanye as a musician. But I love tangible evidence of Jesus doing something crazy in somebody's life. And to me, this album is a reflection of where his heart and state of mind is. And I'm just hoping for the best, hoping his mind stays in this state, mm-hmm. hoping that he grows in this state. And that's just the eternal optimist in me. I, I want nothing but the best for this situation. And that, I think, is the best summary of where I am right now with responding to everything going on in Kanye's life, obviously seeing it from such a great distance. While I do believe there are I'm skeptical by nature. And so (laughs) I still have parts of me that are skeptical about the transformation. Yeah. However, the the biblical command that I see for myself that I need to apply is love believes all things, it endures all things, and it hopes all things. Mm. So Mm. I don't want to, for all of my skepticism, hope that I'm right and see a guy who may have just made a radical transformation stumble and fall from that. Right. I want to hope and believe and pray that this is lasting life transformation that will lead to the wholeness of an individual first and foremost it'll lead to the wholeness of a person who before this was not whole and then secondly has the potential to be a platform for the gospel going out to like the example you just used to a lot of people who would not hear it otherwise amen way to use a bible verse to tie it in in the end i was gonna say bam but that felt weird so (laughs) i just didn't say anything that's great okay Kanye. The end. All right. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Good Lion Podcast. Our show is brought to you by Calvary Global Network, a.k.a. CGN, and was produced by myself, Aaron Salvato, and Brian Higgins. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and our website, goodlion.io, where you can find our shows as well as tons of other great shows by us and our team at the Good Lion Podcast Network. If you want to support our work to make more thoughtful Christian content, visit goodlion.io slash support. Thanks for listening. I'm Aaron Salvato, and I'll see you next time on the Good Lion Podcast.